the Toad Hop Network studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. A place of our own without a lot of parents peering down our backs. Radio worth watching. Well, it's rolling now, guys, so, uh, yeah, yeah, rock on. Holy cow, uh, rock on. <laughs> I'm in Scotland, it's Way. rock pod time, and I've got, uh, you know what I find in Scotland is, I'm not really nor uh, abnormal here at all. <laughs> You're always <laughs> abnormal. Not, oh, You're always man. abnormal, Dad. There's no normal place too. here. Uh, no, um, I don't know if that's saying something about Scotland or something about well, Absolutely. You. It's You're a little crazy. bit of both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit ass nuts, all of you. And I love it. Uh, um, we've been here, uh, what, four days, three days? Yeah, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, say hi to everybody out there. Um, uh, we're live from Scotland recorded <laughs> um they've got me in a cabin <laughs> you know usually i like I, the hilton and the limousine well you burnt down the marriott last time so <laughs> who's gonna much. put you there again that's my son called thank you very much uh yeah but you know it's a high class cabin because you're hanging out with the million dollar man dude yeah. that, baby, we're in good company <laughs> we're in good company yeah uh, hey. this is gonna get nuts it's great uh that's a million dollar man uh, Ted DiBiase, who is one of the greatest, greatest of all time. Uh, and we've been hanging out here in Scotland, and they do. They have us in a cabin. You know, because I was tweeting about, you know, I'm glad that uh, Scotland Yard's in England, and, you know, there's no SWAT team. And, and the, the promoter, my God, David, uh, put us in a cabin in the middle of the woods. Yeah. I woke up, and the first thing I saw was a, a cock, you know. A, <laughs> No, a rooster, a rooster. Yeah. Ah, cock and doodle kind of. A, see what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I'm, it's, I'm true. I'm telling the truth. And um, and so then uh, I had breakfast, and uh, the guy comes over and makes me porridge, which I love porridge. But after it's finished, then what's left, he folds it in half, and he says, and that'll be your lunch. <laughs> it's currently been sitting there for about six and a half hours. I'm not making this up. I now. think we left the stove on too. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. Okay, so I'm in a cabin, and it, but it's really cool because the Jeep that I'm transported in has really big tires to get through the mud and um, miss the cops, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, they took me on. You aren't laying any eggs. Oh, oh, wait, wait, that's that's the that's. I'm sorry. That's okay. you <laughs> that's know you the, can't do hens. nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, Ted, what year did you start wrestling? Oh gosh, I started wrestling in the summer of 1975. I was 21 years old. You were wrestling when the Dead Sea was just sick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> really, in 1975, huh? Yeah, right. And, like, for those uh, those who don't know it, uh, uh, your dad, uh, Mike DiBiase, right. was, uh, you know. Yeah, my dad was, uh, uh, you know, because the question I get asked all the time is, why wrestling? Uh, you know, and uh, wrestling fans understand wrestling. They love wrestling, but for the, I don't know, some, some folks are at least like, oh, but that's just kind of a strange way to make a living. And I would agree, it's not the n most normal job. You know, what do you do no. for a living? Well, I run around in spandex and I hit people in the head with chairs. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but yeah. the, the inspiration of my life was, was my, my stepfather, Mike DiBiase. Uh, he uh, married my mother when I was five. I also have the distinction of being one of the few second-generation wrestlers who heck can say both my mother and father wrestled. 
See, that, I that's bet actually, you hardly anybody knows yeah, that. And that's, now, that's actually how they met. Please that tell me your a... mother was a mullah. <laughs> no, 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 no. My mother was much more attractive than mullah and a much better worker. What was, what was your mother's mom? Helen Hild. I'm sorry? Helen Hild was her Helen, wrestling. Helen Hill. Yeah. My goodness gracious. Yeah. And, and did, she, did she wrestle full-time? She wrestled full-time. She was one of, uh, back then, the, the guy that handled all the girls was a guy named Billy Wolf. Yes. Yeah. And she was one of Billy's girls. And this is like the, you know, I, you know, I was born in 54, and my mom married Mike DiBiase in 59 when I was five years old. So we're talking about, this is the late 50s, the early 60s. And, what part of the country are we back you know, talking? What part of the country? Well, I was I was born in Florida, but I was living in southern Arizona until with my grandmother until. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, your dad, Mike, was he working? Uh, was it like Eddie Graham at that time? Um, he was working all over the place, and I don't know exactly where they met. Uh, but the funny thing is, they're both from Omaha, Nebraska. And as the story unfolds, uh, they re my dad said, you know what, I realized that I actually delivered papers uh, to my mother's house, uh, you know, and they didn't even know. Get out. Yeah, when they, they were little, your dad, Mike, right, used to deliver papers, papers to, my to your house. mom was a little girl yeah. to their house, and they didn't know each other. Yeah. And later and on, years later, they, they meet on the road you know, in wrestling. See, I'm normal here. Now, listen, before we, I, right. that's, in, that's, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break because um, uh, i got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, and um, then we're going to come back. And like, the history with the Million Dollar Man is just fascinating to me and to, to many people. And what he's accomplished himself. And we'll get into that and his sons. And then we're going to talk to you. Lord, I don't know what. <laughs> you know, you're going to get pictures of all these folks, but they have some of the biggest hearts I've ever seen. So I'll be back in a second. And, uh, all right. You call my heart, man. You oh, know. yeah. ACDC. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Shoot. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. A great website if you are in the market for gift-giving, redenvelope.com. They have over 300 unique and inspired new products along with their classic favorites that are going to make gift-giving very, very easy. All you have to do is go to redenvelope.com, enter Heidi and Frank at the checkout, and save 20%.
Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Here we are, back with uh, the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Ted DiBiase. Yeah. 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 Okay, and all my new crazy Scottish friends. That, uh, okay. Okay, the new. I need to like, and we were just talking about uh, Ted being with us and going back uh, uh, to where Ted started and his mom. Fascinating stuff, and I just realized. Maybe I should introduce everybody as this gets out of hand. And I want to get back to Ted, but why don't we start, uh, David? Why don't you introduce yourself and tell them what you do and what, what we're doing? I'm David Lowe. I'm, my wrestling name is Braveheart. And, uh, you know, in the past three days, it's just been surreal. Um, in the past four years, this is, this is Ted's fourth year coming back. And uh, we never ever thought that Ted would open as many doors as he has for the SWE. And having you here, wow, the hot rod in Scotland. I love you too, man. The homecoming. <laughs> the homecoming, it's <laughs> yeah. it is too. But stand and stand and tell me. I'm Stephen Magnus. I'm one of the tag team champions here at the SWE. Nice. You know, on a paper, you know for yourself now, mate. This is the real draw for hell for Lycra. Oh, that was a shot. <laughs> <laughs> the shots will keep coming on out when I'm here. All right, we'll see. Uh, and Matt? I'm Chaz Phoenix, I'm the other half of the SWE Tag Team Champions. Oh, yeah. Just like... Ooh, ooh, you suck! <laughs> you guys can be all you want, but we are the draw for help. They couldn't draw a line. <laughs> they couldn't draw a line on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and we, Jordy. That's it. Um, uh, step up and tell them who you are. Okay. Uh, my name's Jamie, I'm here to film... Uh, I'm just here to film and take photographs and have fun with Piper and Ted and the whole of the SWE. A.K.A. the Wee Geordie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm Kim Jordan and I'm one of the trainees here with SWE. Right, right. 
here's the shy one. Yeah. I'm Sammy Jane, and I'm SW's resident princess. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah! Royalty. <laughs> I am all night Ian Ambrose, and one of your future one half of the SWE tag team champions. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, that's more like oh, it. Oh, yeah. oh, that's great. And uh, supporting me, my anchor. I hope you said anchor there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's Alan. Uh, I'm part of the SW roster. They know me as uh, Mr. News, and I'm delighted to be here, part of the Rod Pod going out across the world. Yeah, so happy to be here yeah, right man. now. Thank you. So it's quite a crew we got here. Sounds like a little competition within the crew here. A little bit. <laughs> that. Well, I'll just uh, speak right up and tell the <laughs> SWE tag team champions <laughs> on your best day. <laughs> you couldn't lace the boots of Money Inc., buddy. <laughs> it's it's amazing uh, um, the heart that we're seeing. Like you know, uh, I know Ted, uh, you're uh, you're the president of the W uh, SWE, right? Correct. Yeah, and uh, the heart that I've seen. Um, I haven't seen you guys wrestle yet. You know, and I, I'm obviously we're looking forward to it because it's sold out, and according to these gentlemen, it's because of them. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the million dollar man. Couldn't be Piper yeah, or Roddy Piper, right? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really anxious because um, everybody needs uh, a rub or a hand up that deserves it. Right. And uh, there's a lot of heart going on in this room. Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, well, you know. Um, you know, David. David said it. You know, David contacted me four years ago and asked me to come. And uh, you know, we all know there are a lot of independent wrestling organizations around the world now. I mean, all over the United States and Canada and, and throughout the UK. And, and there's good ones, and there's bad ones, and then there's really bad ones. And uh, uh, for me, uh, I uh, number one, I, I, I. I like David right away. It's kind of like, you know, you just get a feel for somebody. And, of course, I mean, I, you know, uh, I'm very cautious anytime that I, uh, the first time I go to to work for any promotion, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's the way wrestling is. You so know, here's the three rules, The word right? promoter, yeah. Yeah, you got room in your navel for two peas in the heart of a promoter. Here's, <laughs> here's the rules. Round trip ticket before I leave, cash when I get there, and I won't surrender my passport. That's, uh, <laughs> That's correct, yeah. yeah. You know, and until I get to know you, you know. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, when I came here the first time, you know, those, those were the parameters, and, uh, David met all of that and and then some, and we just became friends. And the thing that I like about this promotion is that it has integrity, which nice. is very very unique in wrestling today. In other words, uh, you know they are they 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 give you their word and they mean it. And and you know without going into a lot of detail, I could even I, I could even say, and even at their own personal expense at times, they've kept their word. No, that's so, unusual. <laughs> extremely no, that's unusual. unusual. Just on and, that same on And that that's same the line. same reason, Roddy, that I won't go to work for a lot of other promotions is because yeah. you know, I you know, I you know, like I, I was never a big fan of ECW. I was never a fan of extreme wrestling. It's like, you know, to me, you know, uh, our, our business is an art form. Absolutely. And, and it's it's I mean the the basic the basic story of wrestling it's it's good versus evil it's overcoming it's 
and and you and you love your heroes and you hate your villains and they go out there and they and they perform for you but when to just go out and get in the ring and slap each other with uh, uh trash cans and uh uh sticks and bricks and and every match is just a a uh bloodbath and brawl that's that's, that's right that's not wrestling you know and that, here's another thing that uh right off of those lines tell you like some guy, I don't know who he was, I still don't know, uh, they put a card on in some casino, Middle America. If I knew the guy's name, I'd burn his ass right now. But here's the story. You know, here's what really sucks. Is okay, so, yeah, I'm flying Piper in. Uh, yeah, he's here. And they, and they put me up, the casino put me up on the billboard. And so people came, and so this guy says, says yeah, Piper's here. Well, he's up in his room, and he's drunk, and he won't come out. <laughs> Yeah, hang on. Anybody knows anything about me, drinking or not drinking, if I'm there, I'm definitely coming out. I mean, how the hell did I get in jail? <laughs> not by staying in my room. So, so then, you know, then he goes and gets my payday, all right, puts the show on, blames it on me, uh, doesn't give the money back, and, and, and hooks him. I hear about this like four days later because there was an elderly lady from Scotland that had a lunchbox with one of the lunchboxes they had. That was crying, waiting for an. I mean, it just goes on and on. I knew nothing about it. You and never. I don't drink. You never knew anything about nothing. it. So, so, nothing. So this guy advertised you. Yep. Did all of that. And the then casino lied about you. Lied about me. the casino. Put my name up. Wow. Like you bunch of geeks. Well, you know what they should do next week? Put Elvis's name up. There's a shot. <laughs> it was to the point. Like, you know, don't you check nothing out? It was to the point but of you know, billboards. Like the websites everywhere. We got our websites got flooded with people. Yeah. You know, pissed at him. And you know, he's he's never missed a shot. And you know, just to have that blemish on the record because some jerk decides to you know do that is just that's really so, gets to you. Yeah, and you know and that's but, that's cool. not unique to America. That happens here in Scotland. Happens all over Great Britain. You know, people are always advertising this person and that person, and there are no intentions of bringing them in, but they want to sell tickets, they want to fill the cards, and they do not deliver. That's the one thing that the SWE does. If the SWE says it's going to do something, even if it's at our own expense, we 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 follow it through, we keep our promises, because that, we don't want to have a, you know, a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. It's a, it's a long-term relationship when you get involved with the SWE, and so we're all the same. So how do we weed everybody out? Is, is what the process is. Well, I remember going to shows when I was a, a, a kid, you know, seeing the, the posters advertised, and it was like The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin with their names on the posters, yet when you turned up, it was a guy dressed like The Undertaker. And a guy, <laughs> he was only four foot tall. There was a five foot Stone Cold oh Steve Austin with a bigger belly than Steve Austin's got. No. And they <laughs> sold them as the real guys. <laughs> Yeah. With the real guy, they said, oh, yeah, the poster said nothing about, you know, here's okay. a fake Undertaker coming, here's a fake Stone Cold, here's a tribute show, and said the real deals were coming. That, they led it, you to believe that, and you turned up and you went, this guy's Scottish. It, <laughs> you it know? a story, old time, this is for you to learn, old time story. There was a promoter named Jack Pfeffer. Now, Jack Pfeffer, he was a little guy, and he talked like this, and he had greasy, greasy hair. And he had a, his a little pinky fingernail was really long. And he used to pick his nose and run it through his hair. And then he'd stab dill pickles with his, uh, his long nail and eat them. Anyway, he was ousted from... He was ousted because uh, back in the day when like Ed Strangler Lewis and such, 
and all that got going. There was promoters out of New York, and they and they pushed uh, they pushed this guy's out. This guy out. I can't remember his name. I just said Jack Pfeffer. Okay, so what Jack Pfeffer would do is he would do exactly what Alan was saying and go around and advertise names and kill your territory. And promoters back then were scared to death of this guy. And so he comes into New York, okay? This is way, way, allegedly. Make sure you use the Everything's allegedly. Larry should have put in his book when he was talking about me. Allegedly, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Cut me some kind of slack. Now, anyway, so he comes to the garden. And so whoever was running, I don't know if it was Vince Senior. That's my guess, you know. But in any case, this is pretty damn smart, man. So, and Jack Pfeffer advertised, like you said, on the posters, I, uh, I got to make it up, uh, Duno Sammartino, and, you know, the, just a letter changed in the name, and here they come. Well, in the afternoon, I think it was Senior, went to the garden and gave all the ushers $100 bills and said, seat everybody in the wrong seat. And they, everybody came, and they had a riot, and the matches never got started. And Jack Pepper <laughs> was run out of town. <laughs> True story, you know, allegedly. Awesome. Yeah, Just, and justice so was because we had that same problem that you're having now back then, and it was it was taken to that kind of heights. Something that was really interesting said to me by David, the promoter of uh, SWE, and and I, this is not show this show isn't about promoting the SWE, uh, but. <laughs> you know, Although it's they, a great company. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, SWE, 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 but, uh, you know, they got me in a cabin. You know, in the woods. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> but this, this is what was, go ahead, Alan. I was going to say, in terms of the cabin, when we know we had yeah. Roddy Piper coming over, we're, we're safe can we put him that he's going to cause least trouble <laughs> in, the mid, in the middle of the frickin' woods. <laughs> so, you know, you're not Thank near you. people. You're yeah. not near people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm, I'm in love with three bears and the deer now. And a cock. Dave's a good guy. Hey, Stop that. calling him a cock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, David, what he said that was really interesting to me was that American wrestling, because for those who don't know, back in the day, uh, in England, they had a round system. They had three-minute rounds and etc. It was a different style of working. And uh, that American wrestling, when it came out, really affected uh, the wrestling over here, I guess, in Europe, the UK. Or, explain what you were saying. Well, before the, before the glitz and the glamour <coughs> of the American wrestling and the lights and the music, the British wrestling was all, it was the round system. And if that's what was, everyone was used to. And everyone says... The real wrestling. That's what was classed as the real wrestling. Even now. The round system. Yeah. Gotcha. People class that as the real wrestling. Even now, if, if you say to someone, you know, I do a bit of wrestling. Oh, but do you do the American stuff or the real wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Because the real wrestling oh. is classed as the round system. And so when the American wrestling came in with all the glitz and the glamour and the, you know, the, all the pizzazz and the lights and the music and the bigger, I mean, the British guys were never as big. The, the muscles and you know the American wrestlers were huge. They were all over yeah. six foot tall and they were yeah. all you know like man mountain. Um, so when this happened, the British wrestling died away because it, it then got boring. No one wanted to watch the round system with the, the, the breaks every couple of minutes. And you know when you when you had your opponent on the mat, you had to keep hold of them. If you let go of your opponent, you had to back off and let your opponent back up. I see. So. 
it was more um, uh, like the internet, the attention span. Uh, yeah. American wrestling made it go bam, bada bing, boom, bam. Yeah. Where yeah. the art of uh, you got something there? No, no, and you go. Uh, the art of the round system, uh, you'd have to sit there and indulge and enjoy it. So it killed the art part. Yeah. Is that, is that, Absolutely. Am I that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, what what did they do over here to overcome that, or have they? It didn't. I it don't didn't. think. I don't think they have overcome it. We had a program every Saturday afternoon called World of Sport, and we had, you know, that was all the British style of wrestling. It was the rounds, but then when the American wrestling became popular over, over here, you know, with the, the glitz and the glamour and the fast-paced wrestling. World of Sport just went off the TV, and that was it. You know, it, it got taken off the TV because more and more people were watching the American stuff, and they decided, well, no one's watching well, British wrestling yeah, over yeah, The truth of the matter, the truth of the matter is, I mean, what, what you're saying, okay, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, because when somebody says, well, the real wrestling, well, I mean, wrestling has always been an art form, always. You know, it's like... A very the, difficult one. Right, and... But it was presented in a much more realistic manner without as much glitz and glamour and what have you. I mean, you could say the same thing happened in America because, you know, until... After Gorgeous George, is that what you're referring to? Well, it's like, well, yeah, Gorgeous George, you know, is is the first guy that had the long blonde hair and, you know, and, and you know, came out and, and did like a, you know, a gay gimmick. You know, and it was that was very. I mean, nobody ever thought. I guess you know. I, I'm sort of. A, I never thought about it as a gay gimmick until you just said that. Yeah. Because back in the fifties. Right. You're, he's you know gorgeous George would go into a beauty parlor right. in the town they were wrestling yeah. and the front window and get his hair done. That right. stuff was unheard of. Like, yeah. I mean, exactly. Of course, that's worse I mean, you yeah, think. You talk about yeah. extreme. That was. That, that was. Know, yeah. <laughs> You know, this, you know, they just came back from the Second World War. Right. They were just a little <laughs> Some stiffer. tough guys still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, okay, so I bet you it was a gay gimmick back then. That's yeah. Dave's and biggest influence. That's why Dave's now got a gay gimmick these days. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shock. That was a shock. We've had the tag That's okay. a gimmick. I thought that was just your personality. I didn't no. know that was a, a gimmick. No. <laughs> there's, there's some real heat here between Mr. News and myself ah. because... Bravehearts beat Mr. News countless times. Mr. News has never beat me. And that's the real reason that, the that he keeps taking shots at me. That's the reason he's just turned your microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Um, so there's, it's kind of competitive in this room. You can doubt a lot of help. But I mean, I mean, it's like when, when, uh, when Vince McMahon made his move and, and took the WWF and added the the colorful costumes and the music and created a, a Saturday morning cartoon. And it, it basically, I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up in wrestling. And, and Roddy, you said, you know, like, you know, you've been around this. I mean, since you were, you know, 15 years old. Yeah. You know, and, and we're talking about, you know, this go all the way back. I mean, the wrestling came out of, uh, the, you know, the, we speak a language called carny. came from the carnivals. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been around for a long, long time. But, you know... It was a like a blue collar crowd form of entertainment, okay? Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, it's you, you know, it was a rougher crowd. I mean, you always, you know, always, every time I went to an arena with my dad, he was kind of like the smoke filled arena. That's how, that's how I remember it. 
You know, I mean, my dad would always, he would always sit me back close to the dressing room. And he always told me this because he was always a heel. He said, if anything happens, you just run straight in there and don't come out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. words, if, a, if a riot breaks out or something, you know, something happens. When your dad was wrestling, when the people that would come, they would wear suits and ties to the matches. Is that correct? Now, yeah. In the, the Now you're talking like in the in the. 50s, 50s at the times when, when like when my mom was wrestling. Yeah, lady wrestling was like a, coming of a glamorous thing when it first started. You know, they weren't they weren't they weren't divas. I mean, they they They're wrestled and they could work. Oh, I mean, they could really go. They scared me. <laughs> yeah. They work harder than the guys because yeah. I guess they had more. They had to prove. Yeah. every night their right. worth. Right, and you know, back then, I'm like. Uh, I never had the pleasure of meeting your mom, you know, but I remember the, the ladies, uh, and there was no separate dressing room for them. There was no separate, you know, it was very chauvinistic, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, right. one for one side, one for the other side. And they had it hard. Yeah, they And did. every night they performed, even the ladies of, the, uh, of today, when they snatch each other by the hair, and they fly and marry them over, they rip their hair like... Holy cow, I'd be punching the shit out of the other guy. Or trying to You know, I, I lose a lot. You know? But I make a show on. Um, so the ladies had yeah. it very difficult. But um, the, the idea of them, the people wearing suits and tie, because they still had that respect right. for the art form. And then I guess... Uh, early George, 60s. Early yeah. 60s, yeah. yeah. Then um, some matches were fixed, you know, right. and they got exposed. Yeah. And then a black cloud came over it that has never disappeared. Right. And then these guys here, they have to deal with, I guess, over here in Scotland, it's just a little darker, even, that yeah. cloud. Yeah. And there, there was some civic center, not, I'm not, it doesn't matter who, but people that will back off when you say pro wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, that actually, quite honestly, just pisses me off yeah. you know uh if you work just half as hard as i do uh you know um well and, and you know roddy and, and the thing one of the things one hard. of the thing that's made it hard for a good solid legitimate promotion like swe is is just that you you've got all of these other promotions that that don't care about what anybody else thinks. You know, they yeah. want to make a quick buck. Yeah, no and, honor. Exactly, no integrity whatsoever, yeah. and that you know, and that gives you know, that gives everybody a black eye. And so you got yeah. to preach. You got to prove yourself. Here's the nice fin I found, and this is you know, I'm I'm sitting here and I saw this this morning, uh, being here in Scotland. Uh, I'm going to read it to you. It's from... Uh, this is the Evening Telegraph. The Evening Telegraph. Dundee's uh, local papers. And that was me throwing my voice. Um, <laughs> 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 but here's the hope, because people are seeing it for how difficult, and they've always said we're great athletes. It says, it's not every day you witness uh, world-famous American wrestlers browsing the aisles of Asda Curtain. Is that how you pronounce that? Close. Curtain. Yeah. Curtain. Yeah. Hey, lads. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but the WWE uh, legend and Hall of Famer, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and uh, Grace the uh, and the <laughs> main, <laughs> by himself, solely called the <laughs> and thus uh, dwarfed Braveheart. And, uh, See you if know, I ever ask you to come back here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm working for the other promotion. <laughs> yeah, that you're selling. And uh, it says the excitement proved almost too much for the hordes of historic, uh, hysterical customers who couldn't wait to get their hands on the guy's uh, bulging biceps. Uh, Roddy Piper has been a long time. Uh, you were laughing over there. <laughs> <laughs> bulging biceps made you laugh. And I wouldn't take that from him if I were you. It says, um, it says uh, thank you. I got a point to where he was. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Roddy Piper's mainstay in WWE and accumulated uh, Hall of Fame. Um, the bottom line, the bottom line is people have been unbelievably kind and sincere and proud to be here. The write-up that they have, and they have a picture of a uh, uh, million-dollar man and myself with some wonderful young man who just got out of school with a uh, little tie, and it's like a really solid article. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm proud of that, you know. And coming over here, I never know what I'm getting into. Right. And But it unfolds, like Teddy was saying. And exactly. uh, uh, it shows a picture of all these beautiful little kids that came out to see us because they endorsed this promotion. Uh, that's why we're endorsing the promotion because exactly again, everybody needs a hand up. That, and that's why we're here. I mean, it's 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 family friendly. It's 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 this it's the good old story of, of of the good guys versus the bad guys, and ultimately the good guys win. You know, and again back to Vince and what Vince did. You know, it's like you know I, again you know Roddy, you and I both grew up in the old school. I mean, Oof. wrestling in the in the U.S. was was it was what we called territorial. It was you had regional wrestling. You know, wrestling shows were done in regional television stations. Your wrestling crowd was was two sets of bleachers. You had like a one, maybe a two-camera shot. That was it. We're talking about maybe, maybe 50 people in a studio watching the TV show. Hardcore. And at 10 a.m. in the morning. Right. In <laughs> St. Louis. Exactly. And so it was regional. So, I mean, you could wrestle in one territory for a year, and you could you could drive 300 miles away, but it's another region. And people yeah. there don't even know who you are, and you got to get over all over again. Exactly. That's why they don't know they they can't learn how to get over people because they've never had to get over again and, and again, again and again. Right. And you know what? It's very humbling to walk into an arena and have all these people scream for you, and then go 500 miles away and walk in the arena. And a guy asks, "Excuse me, can I see your ticket?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really I'm a real big shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that'll right. be five bucks for parking. Um, so that we're going to take back, a break, but before we take a break, go. Yeah, go. but back to you know back to what Vince did. He, he took wrestling from a blue collar crowd form of entertainment, and he went national with it. And basically, what he did is he came out and he said, "Okay, look, you know, we're the black shit, the entertainment business. You know, uh, you know, yeah, we are. We are inter we are in entertainment. We are sports entertainment. We're athletes and entertainers. So what? We're good." Yeah, and he presented it, and he he took it, and he pointed it in the direction of family, with the costumes and the music and and the over the top characters. I mean, come on, Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and the Million Dollar Man. Now, if those three characters aren't over the top. Come on, <laughs> you know. Jeez, I mean, I was like, it. yeah, snidely whiplash, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know eat your vitamins and say your prayers, brother. Yeah. You know. <laughs> There's a story about uh, Ted and I, were, we, we were raised in about the same time, but in different circles and, and in the same circles. And like, for instance, Ted was talking to me about Dickie Murdoch and uh, 
Uh, Dickie Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes, when we come back from the break, uh, to, you know, we're going to ask Ted about that, but just, just to let give you an idea, uh, Dickie uh, Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes working in Minnesota, oh. and they're st- I got to make it up, like the 10th story of some apartment building, and, uh, you know, they're getting ready to leave the territory, and they got a week left, and they get bored, you know, and... Uh, the girls keep coming over and they fall asleep because they run out of stuff to do. So they they got drunk one night and they're walking down and somehow they found a donkey. And <laughs> so they smuggled the donkey up in the room at nighttime, you know. Zeb and, the mule. I <laughs> that for a week. For a week they slept. Holy cow, for a week they lived and slept with the donkey. Zeb the mule. donkey can poop a lot, yeah. you know. <laughs> And, you know, then, true story. You know, and they true found story. out it's true story. They found out it's a lot easier to smuggle a donkey drunk up than it is sober the next day down. So they <laughs> left the damn donkey there. <laughs> and, true story. But we'll come back from the break of Bobby Heenan and Terry Funk, oh, and then man. more about what the the Scottish boys think and get into where their heads are at. And I want to know. Who the Terry Funk, Dick Murdoch of the uh, UK world, the European world, and the stories that you guys got and the ribs you guys play on each other. And we want to know. You know, people want to know. We'll be right back. You need to call. Uh, If you need something, I'm supposed to plug this. I suck at this, you know, but... uh, I'll bring on my best Heidi Fleiss. <laughs> if you need, uh, if you need so, a doctor, call my If you need something from Amazon, this is what you do. You go to toadhopnetwork.com, and you go to the Rod Pod, and you plunk Amazon. And they give you everything you want. You buy it. It doesn't cost you a dime. And you plunk on Rod Pod. And for some reason, that's good for me and my show. And the thousands of kids that I have around the world that I don't even know about. So, you know, it's that Amazon And it doesn't cost you a dime, and if you don't like it, I'll take it back for you. That's from the break. All right. Buy a picture for everybody. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. The Soda Stream Soda Maker is fun as hell. The kids are going to love it. There's 50 different flavors, and it's healthy. There's no fructose, corn syrup, or aspartame. So pick one up at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Macy's, Kohl's, and Walmart. Or just go to SodaStream.com.
listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. We're going, and we're back. All right, right. Um, lower the Twitter. My goodness, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the hell you can keep up your Twitter because. You say one yeah. thing on your Twitter and you get so many interactions. They're great. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky if I get one in a week. No, but you get, great. Within 30 yeah. seconds, you say, you know, I'm in Scotland. All of a sudden, there's just, really uh, cool. 30, 40 interactions. You try to read them, and then before you yeah. know, there's more. There's so more. we've got yeah. a lot of questions that have been coming in. And, like, are they most of them for me? A lot of them for Ted. It's <laughs> 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 like when, when I oh, saw no. Austin in The Expendables. I was so jealous. Like well, I, I told say, you, everybody's oh. got a price. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not supposed to bang the table like this. <laughs> but there's... Uh, yeah. and, and, and Roddy, you shouldn't be... Oh, oh goodness me. Roddy, Was that you, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was the favorite app on my phone. Yeah, you showed me that. We've oh, seen it for the last three that. days consistently. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I don't, I well, don't dare get One thing good about the app is you can't yeah. smell it. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, I, I don't dare get in an elevator with you because you play that, everybody turns around and looks at me in the lift. <laughs> well, it was an Andre thing. Oh, yeah. Andre used to love to fart in elevators, especially in Japan. Yeah. You know, the bum is about head high there. Yeah, 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 Looks like yeah, one of them yeah. monsoons. Yeah, one of those stories in my book. Yeah, did you really? Oh, yeah. 14-hour flight from Tokyo. Yeah. You know, and it's an hour from the, the airport to the hotel, and you know, everybody's tired, but the... The, their tradition was drop your bags, get to the lobby. We're going to go out and have something to eat. Stay as awake, as awake as late as you can. Yeah. If you know, you're going to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and you know, it's just yeah. jet lag. So we do all of that. We drop our bags. I push the button. The elevator opens. There's Andre. We're on like the 25th floor. And Keel now we got to go. Yeah, Keel Plaza. Yeah. And we're on our way down. And I mean, every other floor it stops and somebody gets on. And somebody, you know, and what you and I consider a full elevator, not in Japan, brother. <laughs> they, they, they pack them in They're there. Pushing. And the big man hates to be crowded. And so <laughs> they keep getting on. You know, it's finally Andre reaches over and he taps me. And I looked up at him and he winked. And I went, Okay. Yeah. And the next thing you heard was. <laughs> but it was a lot longer than that. I mean, it was like. Listen, Roddy, I was sitting there. I was looking straight ahead and I was going, when's it going to be over? And your hair's blowing. Oh, I'm thinking about the guy that's standing right behind on right. I almost see his hair flying. But nobody in the elevator. I mean, no, you know, nobody said oh, anything. Oh, giant. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah it's like everybody's like frozen. Who's even going to believe that guy? Oh, yeah. But when the elevator door oh. opened, oh, yeah. they couldn't get off that elevator faster. And the, all you, oh my gosh, oh, all you could hear was, oh, 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 oh. How was, oh. What, how, was there an odor to it? Or was it like, it was a yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll just say, yeah. Emptied yeah. it, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, I was laughing so hard, I didn't care. No, I <laughs> See, you're normal here, too. <laughs> So we've figured out that when you listen to the Rod Pod, it's educational. Anytime you don't, anytime you don't want to be in a crowded space, just fart. Okay, we learn something every day. Yes, children. These are life lessons I got growing up from oh. him. Like, oh, I was terrible at math, but clearing elevators had it down. So one thing caught me just. 
You're the princess of the SWE? That, step right up here. Um, your and what, what, your highness? Yeah, royalty. <laughs> I, you know, and of course we're in the UK. I rather, oh, oh. nice, nice. We're in Scotland, and so just as the princess, what are the duties of the princess of the SWE? Okie dokie. <laughs> uh, She's professionally good looking at the moment. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a smooth piece he's right there. Oh, oh, I gotta think about after this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's my doing tonight? I'm trying to take some off for dinner right here. Yeah. Um, I know a good place you. for fish and chips. <laughs> so, the princess, oh, well, the princess, she's a princess, I guess. She just has to be a princess, right? She does what she wants. She does she, what she wants. That's what princess. Good enough for the princess. Well, I could understand that, you I, know. I, I, I mean, you're here. I'm forced by force. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> That's true. Um, okay. Back on track here. Yeah, Zeb the Mule. <laughs> Zeb, Zeb the Mule. Is that his name? That was, the name? that was the name of the mule. Zeb the Mule. Holy cow. Yeah, so there's a lot of mule poop in an apartment <laughs> after a week. And, you know, getting it up was pure genius. They took the service elevator. Uh, but you know, at, night, at daytime, it's not so easy to commandeer the service uh, elevator. No. No. And so that was Dick Murdoch, who was a dear oh, friend of gosh. yours. And, and, yeah, and, and again, Dick, Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes were a, a, a tag team, and they were a great tag team. Yeah, they were. And But they were just, they were notorious <laughs> as well as famous for their work. I mean, they actually, they went to Australia. And Murdoch told me this. He said, we went to Australia and all we took was the clothes on our back and nice. our wrestling gear. Mm. And we were there a month and never washed anything. <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> Intentionally. Just to do it. Just to make everybody agitated. Oh, my gosh. I can't help it. I love him. <laughs> yeah. When's the first time you met Dick Murdoch? Because oh, he was a strange piece of work. You know what? Uh, I met Dick in Amarillo, Texas. And, again, Dick Murdoch was the son of a wrestler, Frankie Hill Murdoch. I didn't dad. know that. That's right. He and he was a second generation wrestler, and uh, I remember meeting Dick the summer that my father died, uh, July of '69. Uh, July second is when is my dad had a heart attack in the ring and died. Uh, and for met, those who don't know, your yeah. dad's daddy died in the ring. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but that's the summer that I met Murdoch. Well, I didn't see him again till I came back to college and went to school there at West Texas State University. And the joke is that West Texas State graduated more professional wrestlers than football players. Because Stan That's Hansom, oh Brody, God. you, yeah. Funks, uh, Tito, uh, Santana, Tito, right, you know, Barry Windham. Barry Windham. Yeah, yeah Dusty. Do you guys claim Bobby Jaggers? Uh, he didn't go to school there. He'd probably tell you they did, <laughs> <Yeah>. though. <laughs> Bobby Jaggers, for those who don't know, is like, um, if how would you put like? If you're he would lie right. when it was easier to tell the truth. <laughs> if you said, I got a ranch with 20 acres, you go, yeah. I got one with 80. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I got three cows, I got 18. We yeah. call those one-uppers. Somebody that always one-ups no matter what you say. Well, yeah. One time, uh, Terry Funk, to, to, uh, you know, because we're over here, those who don't know Terry Funk that well, they used to have flash floods in Amarillo. And Bobby Jaggers was a real interesting guy, about 300 pounds and... Just, you know, piece of work. And he had just got a Corvette, you know, leased. <laughs> and uh, uh, there was CBs back in those days. When CBs first came out in the United States, like, wrestlers were, we were like, you know, oh, yeah. bring it on, you yeah, know, right, you know, right. put her, what was it, pedal, what happened, what, how did that go? 
Breaker, breaker, one. Well, yeah, breaker, breaker, one Adam, not one Adam, 12, that's the cops. That's the police. <laughs> yeah. You've been chased that's by CBs more than you used them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me try again. How did that go? This is, you got that, no, I'm not going to say, yeah, I am. You got that panty snatcher. We we snatch him pink, we snatch him blue, we pinch. Just a second. Uh, ten four. Bring him on. Bring him on. You, you had a handle. Yeah, everybody had a handle. Uh, everybody had a yeah. handle, and it was you got that panty snatcher. We snatch him blue. We snatch him pink. We never snatch him when they stink. We gone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, terrible. No, it's terrible. And uh, I was just I you know, was that there. was your handle. I was there during that time. Yeah. yeah. Wait. So yeah, you said my that my handle was the rookie. <laughs> so you said that every time before you came on, like that's like your handle. That was your handle. That was yeah. Space Ghost. That's like when I see you, I mess around. But you had to say that entire thing every time. That wasn't my handle. No, <laughs> thank God. Oh, thank God. No, no, that's why I didn't My view of you just, just dimmed kind of so much that. for that. I was so disappointed. <laughs> it could have been your handle. <laughs> you wanted to be adopted there for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. very much. Oh, no, you but like, <laughs> so this is what happened is, is Terry Funk, you know, their Amarillo's flat. And they're way down the highway, but they had a flash flood. And under, like, an underpass, the freeway was going over. It, it had just flooded out, and Bobby Jaggers goes, you know, uh, I got, it. like, one out of 12, whatever, you know. How's it looking? Terry Pine goes, bring it on, you know, put the pedal to the metal, all those hip <laughs> words. And so Don Fargo, who was a horrible other piece of work, he used to have a pierced penis way back in there. You know what? He'd go to a bar when he, I had That's a tag partner. <laughs> I, was the, I was a tag partner for two years. He's such a pain in the ass. We'd go to a bar, and he'd get a nail, and he had his buck knife, and he'd put the nail in oh, the beer's no, penis no. and nail it to the no! bar. Yeah, <laughs> man. Don't even say that. Yeah, and then the uh, fight would break out. And then uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He'd fight him. with his penis nailed to the counter? That's, like, how, that's, he, that's how he stretched it. No, no, <laughs> no, that, no, that's just what started it. And, uh, I'd be anyway, terrified so if somebody was, pushed me over and it just ripped right out. You all were thinking. I just said it. Well, <laughs> uh, but so he's coming down with Bobby Jaggers and... They had a flash flood, and Bobby Jaggers comes and hits that flash flood, and that Corvette went under the water, and the water and the beer cans start falling out, and, and Don Fargo comes by and just opens a can, and, you know, Bobby Jaggers was out of Corvette, you know, but Terry Funk laughed like hell. Oh, yeah. You know, he thought that was a funny oh, I mean, you know, the, you know, boys used to do all kinds of things to Horrible. entertain themselves, you know. Yeah, to entertain, because uh, we got oh, so bored yeah, out there. Yeah, because, you're, you know, we, we made a ridiculous trips, you know, 300-mile trips were uh, in that territory were every day, just about. See, now, you guys, you don't have, like, 300-mile trips any place you get. No. How many clicks is that, 300 miles? Well, it's, you yeah. know, 550? Yeah. Maybe 520? Yeah, it could be around the Yeah, there. so you, you, do you guys have a lot, how do, do you guys have a lot of car time, or? No, we, how, try, and, we try and stay local, you know, we try and... There's there's promotions in other parts of Scotland, and we won't go into their areas. You know. We, well, okay, gotcha. We, you know. Yeah. For a few reasons, but the main reason we won't go into their area is out of respect. Sure. We won't go into their area because that's their area for working in. Gotcha. Um, so what's the S uh, SWE's area in Scotland? Well, we we would say Tayside. You know, Tayside, Tayside Fife. Well, we just did something cash for kids on Tayside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right here. Doing. Cash for kids. We raise money for cash for kids throughout the year. And gotcha. Then, and then at Health or Lycra, that's when we put the drive on even more, and we push. So it that's even like more. your WrestleMania. Yeah, mm -hmm. Health or Lycra. Yeah. And we did, matter of fact, at this radio station, 
kind enough to uh, lend it to us was Rod Pod. Um, Stuart was the man's name. What's the name of the station? This is uh, Radio Tay. Radio Tay. Yeah. And they're doing a very, very cool thing. It was a uh, cash, uh, a charity cash for kids. They ra they raised, uh, Stuart told me, $250,000 for kids that maybe like the mommy and daddy are having a drug problem or, right. or whatever the problem is. Uh, Go in and help them, and like, uh, there's a lot of honorable things going on. That's there. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's really, yeah. you know, I applaud you for that big time. You know, that was yeah. really, really good stuff. So, like, I, we're kind of just as we're going along here is getting the, for the fans that's listening out there, whatever the the trials and tribulations of when we were in territories. These young guys that we see now are have got their tory territories, as David just pointed out. So, like, okay, let's start a year in front of you. What's your plan? What, how do you, like, you have these territories, I understand, but I imagine the goal is maybe getting the WWE, or, like, what's your, what, or is it uh, something that you want to do for uh, mainly for a living and nothing else, or how does it work here? Matt, Matt is it Matt? Chad, yeah, that's well. You told me to call him Matt. Yeah, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> I said to call him Susie. He <laughs> <laughs> likes that. It's only on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, my main plan in wrestling, I'm doing it right now, is uh, just working with the SWE. I've been doing it for nearly ten years now, and creating a product to be proud of with the SWE, and eventually just moving it into a backseat and let some of the younger guys we're bringing through. Take yeah. the stage, gotcha. and then we, we'll run the show. Yeah. So you're doing the nuts and bolts. Of hard, that's hard work. Yeah, we're, you're we're setting the foundations. You're you know? setting the foundations. There's a few of us here, and we're setting the foundations so that the, the younger ones, when they come up, they have the foundations made, and then we nice. can just guide them. Nice. Oh. And as they, So as they come through your territory, do they, are they, because in America, we go from territory to territory, in that case, trying to be the world's champion, I guess, would have been our goal. Um, Teddy? Right. Well, well, I mean, of course, uh, every, the NWA champion. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, the the regions uh, NWA was probably the the one that covered the most, most uh, yeah, area. Yeah. You got Vern, uh, AWA. AWA was, was up there. Per, pretty much, it was Minnesota and, and his territory. Yeah. And they, then there was there was. Uh, so, do you have a champion here? That's well, a, well each individual and in, each individual promotion has its own champion. There's not a, you know, there's not a kind of mm. a, a, a governing body for wrestling in, in, in the UK or for Scotland where there is a title that's recognised as being mm -hmm. a championship for the entire UK or a championship for the entire Scotland. Each individual promotion's got its own champion. Yeah. So there's no one single champion who is the overall champion in in, in this country. Okay. So then, this, if I understand this correctly, the uh, hell for Lycra. That's coming up. Is mm. it's been sold out for uh, a few weeks now. Yeah, few yeah, weeks, yeah. which is yeah. great, great stuff. Million dollar man's here, nothing less, you know. And uh, the <laughs> and fact um, yeah, that where where do you go from here? You're obviously on the right direction, but like, where do you take the territory for these young guys, and where do you expect them to go? Uh, not expect them, but uh, you know, what are you creating? For them and yeah. where where would they go? I'm there's, trying to get a sense. There's of a few of the younger guys who's coming through now who whose ambition is to go to the WWE. We've got two in particular. One of them's travelled and one of them's just coming through. Uh, yeah. And their ambition is to go to the WWE and make it big. And I'm sure they can. Um, now, the coaches at Heartland, the, the Heartland Wrestling School is the feeder school for the SWE and it's based in Blair Gowrie. And there's a dedicated team of coaches there. You know, you have oh, okay. Charles Riddell and Stephen Magners and 
uh, Ian Ambrose, you know, Alan Smith, you know, these guys turn up at all the training sessions and they, they're, they're given the guidance and the, the, the skills that these young guys need and they spend all the time they can. Uh, Ian Ambrose, who's just been newly um, allocated to the, the coaching team, has actually taken Princess Sammy Jane under his wing and, you know, and because of this, she's now coming up to have our, our one, of, one of our biggest matches at Hell for Lycra. And not only did he take her under his wing, he got her knocked up. That's true. Well, that's refreshing. Okay, let's quit pulling punches now. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's the truth. That's some pretty. That's some pretty close wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she was under the wing. I, by I, any I, means. I don't know the name of that hold. That Okay, so this is. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So the princess has now got royal family. Yes. And, yes. Gotcha. and um, who are you with? The, 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 who's the king? Or the prince, rather? Popper. Popper. Well, <laughs> and jump jump in there, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm the popper. To you're the popper. So you're popper to Sammy Jane. Popper, popper. Papa popper. But she popped out my popper, and that's why we have a son, you know? I see <laughs> but seriously, you guys really—you guys honest? Yeah, uh, we have an eleven-month-old son. Yeah, that's beautiful. My so, oldest. is this the way you make a living for your family? Is pure on wrestling? Yeah, uh, not at the moment, but we, that, I, have, I have a side job and things like that. And but that's your aspiration. Uh, as a dishwasher, us, yeah, just love it. You know, Roddy, if I can, if uh-huh. I can jump in for a second. In Scotland, you can't make wrestling a full-time job. You, you can't. Know, you can't. There's no not enough money way. in this business to make no that full-time job. Way. Everyone that you see in this room before you, we have full-time jobs. Mm. We have our vocations are elsewhere, but we're good what at what do we do? do. I'm a psychiatric nurse. Can I speak? <laughs> no with, wonder he likes can I wrestling. With you for about four weeks. <laughs> 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 I can make you a lot of money. Why, so why you do you think me? I invited you over here? <laughs> <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> That's an intervention. (laughs) So I would feel comfortable. (laughs) I got, so you're a psychiatric nurse. Yes. That's outstanding. And then, sir, what do you do? A scaffolder. A scaffolder. And what do you do, sir? I'm a manager in a supermarket. Outstanding. And we, Jordy. Graphic designer. You're going to have to yell a little bit louder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Graphic designer. That, there you go. That's when he's not mooning Ted out of cars. That was pretty graphic. Yeah. <laughs> I fill fruit and veg and occasionally princesses. Bada bing, bada boom. And what do you do? Uh, she just gets filled. It's a full time. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and what do you do? Uh, I'm a postie. I deliver mail. Wow. Oh. And okay, Mr. So News. You can't make, and I'm sorry. Yeah, and Alan. Well, I, that's how we got my name. I'm a journalist. So I'm a, journalist. I, I run my own news team uh, here in Tayside. Uh, and on the side, uh, well, I'm full time here and on the side of wrestling. Help build up the, the kind of press side and promotions of the wrestling. And when I go out to interview people and, and they ask me about things and I drop in wrestling, they kind of. Yeah, it's a bit of a shock for people. That, so you can't make a living? No. No. Wrestling no. here. And you know, not all the wrestlers in Scotland have full-time jobs. A lot, 
you know this is this is where things get difficult and you really need to watch what you're saying but a lot of the wrestlers in Scotland they won't work they 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 refuse to work because they think they're bigger than work you know they won't get a full-time job they'll send on the brew they'll send on the dole you know they'll they'll get money from the government and they think that by charging promotions too much you know that they can make a living from it but what they're actually doing is stabbing themselves in the foot because they charge too much and promotions don't want to book them out do they have anybody that's like who in the UK, Europe, etc., is your biggest draw from here? Um, is it somebody from Germany, or do you interact with people from Germany? Or you know, our our biggest draws. You know, we can't speak for other promotions, but our biggest draws have got to be you guys. It's the WWE legends, you guys that we bring in. That's that's our biggest draws. You know, we can we can um, fill out our cards and our shows all year. But our main event, we want to bring you guys in. You guys give us the rub that we need. And, and you know, it really elevates our careers and it elevates the SWE. And every time, you know, Ted's came over here. This is his fourth year now. And every time Ted's came over, you know, just great things have happened. You know, there's, there's no other promotion in Scotland has managed to get the Million Dollar Man or Rowdy Roddy Piper. And especially at the same time. You know, yeah, that's really, actually, if I could be here with anybody, I'd be Teddy. You know, uh, we uh, we get up in the morning the same way, slow and miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, normally in the morning, I'm just stuck with my dad or so, but having two of you guys and <laughs> yeah. looking forward it's to It's like he's taking care of the geriatric ward. I've become a slave for everybody here. Gavel's coming in. Yeah. Last time we saw him was what, New York? We were all together, Travel something like that. Junior, yeah. With Valentine and all that. And uh, Tatanka? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like Indian. Tomorrow morning. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, he's going to yeah. come He's in. one of the village Brings people. Brings a tear to your eye. <laughs> 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 Holy cow, that's... Okay. Okay, so then, do you have, like, a Terry Funk, a Dick Murdoch? Do you have... A crazy you, character like those guys? Yeah. The, the, uh, well, the first one that comes to my mind... Is Ravishing Randy Valentine. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Ravishing Randy right, Valentine. Brother, who's Ravishing Randy well, Valentine? What's his day he... job? <laughs> oh, well, who knows? Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy has a few jobs. Um, you know, nobody, no one knows what he does, but he has a few jobs. Yeah? He's a pimp? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he took Ravishing Randy Valentine from his three, his three all-time favorites after Ravishing Rick Rude, Randy Macho Man Savage, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. And he stuck these three names together, and you should see him. You what know, he look like? Randy Valentine is—he plays the part of like what gorgeous George would do. He plays the gay. He pushes that gay button so hard that you really want to hit him. Uh, you'll definitely see more of him than you'll like to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's the guy. He's the guy in the changing room. He's quite happy to swing it about in front of you, jump in the shower. Uh, a bit like what Virgil you. would do. Yeah, yeah. Without without seeing him, I'm just trying to picture those three men combined into one Superman. Like, <laughs> just to put all their characters Valentine, together. Yeah, Savage. Savage and. I mean, could you picture man. that human being? Holy <laughs> cow, that's a piece of work there. <laughs> but that, yeah. that was his three favorites, and that, that's <laughs> like, what he's. And like like Macho Man going, oh yeah brother <laughs> valentine's so, He's so slow, slow. Oh, yeah. our nickname for valentine is turtle yeah he's the only hard. man that could drink coffee in the morning and actually slows down more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a great guy great guy yeah. but don't put a dog collar on him mm. you know boy he hits hard 
Um, yeah, it gets hard. His daddy, uh, his daddy was a great professional wrestler. Absolutely, Johnny Valentine. Johnny, and uh, yeah, yeah, Johnny Valentine, unbelievable uh, psychology of our business. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't like to work with him because he hit so hard. Yeah, I remember Red Bastine being the Booker in Houston, and um, a guy named Tony Rocco. I think it was Tony Rocco. Uh, he just was, you know, trying to block a lot of shots. You know, Johnny laid on you, and uh, you know, it was kind of it was con you were considered a coward if you just didn't stand up to the plate and take the shot. Yeah, and the other thing though about about Johnny was that you know he he laid him in, but he liked to have you lay them. He it's like hit me harder. He was sick. Hit he was the real harder. deal. He was, yeah. I mean, you, know, I, mean could... uh, you would, I mean you'd literally you'd, you'd you just you'd wind yourself trying to hurt him. <laughs> so was he like the was he a legitimate hard guy on the American circuits? You yeah. Know, so you didn't mess yeah. with him. Well, as far as a shooter, um he's just a big tough Pollock. <laughs> yeah. You know the just dirt yeah. hard fight. Not necessarily great technical hooker. Yeah. But no, um, but he was yeah he, we uh, yeah he's not somebody you choose to mess with. No, no, not at all. No, you know um, it's the, what was the guy's name that was in England for a, like I did one show in England where there was a twelve year old kid from Scotland uh, that wanted to wrestle me, and uh, I did it I think it was Christmas Eve on BBC and the name of the show was called Jim will fix it. And he was a wrestler here, and and he had this show for like years, but it only came on at Christmas time. Do you guys know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, who, yeah. Who's Jim? Because I only met Jim him, and then this Jimmy little Sable. twelve year old Jimmy Sable. Yeah. Jimmy Sable. Sable. Yeah. And was was he at some particular era here where he got you a know, lot of attention? I think I think he wrestled alongside the bomber Pat Roach. Pat Roach was well known for his role in Off Widdesing Pet. Alongside Jimmy Neal. In the, I'm sorry, he's rolling. Off Widdesdale Pet. It was like a, they were a, you know, a, a group of handymen, a group of workmen. Oh, he could have been, yeah. Uh, Indiana. He was in the in the Indiana Jones movie. Pat Roach was in Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. And do you know what part he played? Some big Nazi. You have to talk in there, champ. <laughs> I don't know if you can say yeah, that. Yeah, so on, did he have the fight by the airplane? Magnus, I don't know if yeah. you, I don't think you can say that word on the radio. Trust me, there's been far worse said already. <laughs> but it's okay. You know, you know what you guys have? Here? We don't have the states. Like the racial slurs that actually can put you in jail here. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I didn't. You need to know information. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away with. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you share with us in alphabetical order? Okay, this is just a public information announcement. Okay. You can't say these following words. You can't uh -huh. say. No, I won't even no. go there. No. no but let me let me tell you a story. It's very, yeah, it's very, very tight here. I mean, yeah. you know, and, um, in America, I mean, those that stuff all the time. I mean, people used to yell them to cops and stuff. Just yeah. you know, just well, to piss them off. How did cops get into it? Because well, you go to jail. My brother. My brother was standing in a Chinese off. restaurant. <laughs> this is the true story. My brother was standing in a Chinese restaurant. He was about to order his takeaway, and my mum phoned him. And she says, Hiya, son, where are you? He says, I'm in the chinkies. And because he said that, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not endorsing that. But because he said that, they phoned the police. He got arrested. He is was that in a donut place? I don't know what the chinkies is. The, the Chinese. That's the Chinese restaurant. Oh, it's yeah. a Chinese. Oh, okay. So they yeah. slang, slang name for them. Yeah. So they okay, they, they threw him in the jail you overnight. Him to jail for that? Yeah. Mm. They threw him in the jail overnight, and then they tagged him. He had to he he was only allowed out between 
eight in the morning and seven at night. He wasn't allowed out after that. And that was because they, they classed this as racial abuse. So, you know, you can't that's say cool. certain words that's over insane. here. Like, you know, my, my grandparents, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just the word they say, thing that's come like Jap, just comes out, rolls off the tongue. And like, I, if you're here and you go to Jap, I can't imagine. It baffles me. I'm sorry. But just, even the, the past new laws, obviously there's a huge rivalry between Rangers and Celtic football clubs. And then there's a lot of sectarian singing sectarian abuse goes on and, and they're really trying to crack down on this now so if you're in the stand if you're watching a football match a soccer match and um, you 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 get caught singing a sectarian song you can now be jailed for up to five years for singing a song that most of those fans probably don't even know what it means you gotta tell me about were you guys ever a member See, I think of that's like, ridiculous but, I think that's an enormous infringement on on on, uh, on your freedom. Uh, it's like, uh, okay, you know, people should know better, you know. Uh, but when when you start throwing people in jail for, you know, their words, freedom of speech, on. you know, yeah. like you know, we have the right to say whatever you know. God gave us his mouth for a reason. We should be able to say whatever the heck we want. Not you know, there's know, another man. <clears throat> To say that we can't say something. Yeah. There, there, are, people right who, there are people who have stabbed people that get less yeah. there's, than there's, singing exactly. a song. There's people on the sex offenders list in, in areas not too far away from here who are living in built-up areas with kids who should be mm. in prison. But instead, they're imprisoning people singing these songs at football matches and <clears throat> prisoning people for, for saying you know words that, that do roll off the tongue. Mm. So do you guys, were you ever a member of like the... Um, I don't know. So there's one club for like for the Rangers, the guys that get together and support them. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, you know, the, the Rangers yeah. supporters yeah, club. Yeah, you get supporters clubs. There's lots yeah. of different supporters clubs for each side. Okay, I've never but, been like, in you a get violent. Well, you know, this is the thing, Rod. I need to tell you. Yeah. Who? You call them casuals. Yeah. The casuals. I've never been in a football because wrestling is my thing, and and well, sometimes we try and book a venue. You know, we'll try and book a venue for a wrestling show. The people who own the venue will say, no, it's, wrestling's too violent. I'm telling you right now, the football matches, the soccer matches here, are far more violent than any wrestling event I've ever been to. Any wrestling event. It's, so the casuals, like, why do they... You go, go. There's one thing I hate more than football is Glasgow Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand them. But I'm... Honestly, I could spend the rest of your pod here ranting and raving about it, so I'm not going to. I'm just. To get it's because he's a Celtic supporter. <laughs> so, like, you really don't like the Rangers? I hate them. Then why, why is this? It's deep rooted, pure, bigoted bile and hatred, man. Wow! Bloody ground day. <laughs> hate them! And Wolf. Chaz, so, will you get your tag team partner under control? <laughs> so who do you, who, what club do you like? I was brought up as a Celtic fan. <laughs> and that explains a lot, especially yeah. for the Scottish Boston. Okay, wow. So. We're not endorsing Celtic. We need to say that we're not endorsing yeah, yeah. Celtic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's serious, serious. Uh, I, I need to know more about it. We need to take a break. I got it. Um, Before we go, there's one thing but, I've noticed here. For like, instead, outside the, obviously my first time in Scotland, a lot more pride 
and the little things here, then you know you dislike my like my team back home. It's like whatever. But for you guys, it's, there's so much more pride involved in that. It's a really cool culture shock for me. I just thought I'd share that with you. Well, that's very special. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back for another special moment with Colt. <laughs> Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Stamps.com is a quick and easy way to get postage. Never go to the post office again. Go to Stamps.com, but before you do anything else, you click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in HF to get a very, very special offer for our listeners. That's Stamps.com.
You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Ready, go! And we're back. All right, yeah. yeah. So, I'm really, really, really cool show. Um, well, uh, we're trying to pick it up for you here. I am. Uh, we left off with, you can get arrested in Scotland for what you Twitter. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. goes back to, you know, when we were talking about the, the rivalry between Rangers and Celtic, you know, and the sectarian abuse. If you're putting sectarian messages online, uh, or you're sending abuse or threats to people, um, then, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, Stephen Magnus yeah. smiled when I said that. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you, depending on what you put on your Twitter, you know, you can be arrested for that here. What happened in the good old days when you could threaten a man's life and get away with it? I mean, honestly, what's the world coming to? <laughs> but, but, like, you... So if you threaten, because one time there was somebody on there that said something I didn't like, and uh, you know I just made a comment, and he said, "Is that a threat?" You know, I said, "Yes, <laughs> absolutely." Is that against the law? If so, he didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I take that as a yes. But I mean, I didn't say I was going. I just said, "Hey, right, back off." Um, well, I mean, it's like uh, I mean, how many times you know in a conversation if you get heated. And and you just you're just like you know what I'll kill you. Yeah. You don't mean that. No. You don't mean no. it. Yeah. I mean it's like you know it's like there gotcha. there, there there are people that have made that comment in in, in in rage simply because that's just what it was and their personality tells you that there's no way that they'd even ever consider hurting someone. Well, it's it's been, just it's you know it and, so to me, I'm sorry. All this comes from my excuse me. All these the the liberal media the 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 highly educated stupid people, they're so smart they have absolutely no common sense. Yeah, yeah. Man. So, which brings me to Twitter. Uh, in our country, they're called Democrats. <laughs> so, how do you guys feel? Who do you want to win the election in the United States? Uh, Romney or Obama? Well, do you know, I think you know, in terms of public opinion in the UK, uh, you know. People favor Obama because <laughs> because you, you've got Mitt Romney who, who came over here during the Olympics and basically said to us, "You guys don't know how to do the Olympics." And he says, "You know, he, he, what he said? well, and not in those certain words, yeah, but yeah. he came over and, and put over basically he doesn't think we can we can stage something like the Olympics and that, that we could learn a lot from America." He said that, and, and uh, you know, and, and a lot of people were just, you know, don't come over here. You're not president yet. Don't be telling yeah, us what when to you're do running for a well, position of office. Don't you don't think you'd offend a, an entire country like that? I know that Olympics were hugely successful. Yeah. Millions yeah, and millions of pounds in revenue. So uh, generally. UK's in favor of Obama winning. Mm. And Ted says Mitt Romney. Yeah, because and, yeah. Obama is a far left ideologue. He's a socialist, total socialist. Socialism has never worked anywhere in the world at any time. It works until the people that have money run out of money. China's not doing too bad for themselves, though, Ted. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know how do you know how how uh, poor most of their people are over there? Yeah, just the same as a lot of the people in the U.S. Well, the people in the U.S. are poor now because there's no jobs. 
and there's no jobs because it there's wasn't no free. Around by yeah. Obama, though, it was those that no, 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 no. Now it's like I mean, you're going to go. Yeah, you know, like, like I mean, you and I can get in a big no, argument. In the US, right, you're, okay, well, you're barking at the wrong tree. Yeah. I tell it's you, really Stephen Miners will do anything to get a bit of heat from the boss. <laughs> yeah. you know, he picks up politics. You put a light microphone in front of me and I'll talk <laughs> shit with the best of them. <laughs> hey, you don't need a microphone to talk shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's, well, that's what he's trying to do right now. It's like, Ted, you know, it's like four years later, you? he's trying to still blame Bush. <laughs> oh, yeah. About that picture. Well, it's, since it's yeah, really that was that considered a threat? Yeah, a picture yeah, like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got a picture of uh, Stephen coming up about the Pearl Harbor. I yeah, guess that's that. Not Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Dave, what a guy. You, Yossi, am I in jail now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the cops are on the way. Right, the cops are on the way. It's ridiculous when, like, something that simple is borderline. Like, you know, that's a racial slur. You know why I play the harmonica? Because it's the only instrument you can play with handcuffs on. <laughs> Trying to stay out of the arrest area. We got it from Twitter. I, haven't, I don't take any Twitter questions. I keep saying I will. Is there anything in there? That's yeah, we'll go first. Uh, we've got a question here from Sean Fury, who wants to know from Ted, who was the hardest to work with in the ring? Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> what what is the biggest thing that really ticked you off about Virgil? If you well, can narrow it down, you know, he's. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Yeah, uh, it's it's he's just that much, huh? Well, yeah. Now, to his credit, you know, he listened to everything I I told him. He was always on time. You know, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't. You know, he was. You know, uh, yeah. but. You know, it's just, you know, it's kind of like sometimes you're not sure the elevator is going all the way to the top floor, you know. <laughs> uh, he just, uh, for the position that he had, you, you know. You a great pair, though. Yeah. I mean, you did some great well, stuff. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. He did this. Yeah, he crossed his arms. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, but, right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there was a dynamic in the beginning with you two. Yeah. Was, from an interviewer's point of view, there's a lot of material. <laughs> yeah. Put it that way. Well, I yeah. said the same thing to China. I thought she made a great pair as well. <laughs> <laughs> another another question for Ted. It's just sinking in. Another question for Ted from Tony Hinchcliffe. He says, "In this tough economy, does he regret leaving so much money in his opponent's mouths?" <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is, when the camera went off, I got every one of those hundred dollar bills back. <laughs> You used to throw them out. You used to throw $1,000 a night. Now, that was Vince's money. Yeah. Yeah. You should have thrown two. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Much smarter to throw his. You know, that, well, there's that story, you know. Me and uh, the Hot Rod had a match in Sacramento, California. For the first time ever, my wife, not, not my wife being at the matches, but the first time she ever actually sat at ringside. And the last time she ever sat at ringside. <laughs> She sat there with my my sister, and so we had been doing this thing where I would go out and get in the ring, and, and being the million dollar man, I would say, you know what, I don't really feel like sweating tonight. I don't really want to wrestle, and you know, and Piper, you know, I don't want to embarrass you, and you don't want to be embarrassed in front of all these people by the million dollar man. So, you know what, here's 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 three three or four hundred bucks. Said, you know, go out and have a nice meal, glass of wine, you know, <laughs> you know, do yourself a favor, you know. What do you say, you know? And so, you know. You know, he, he kind of 
does the Roddy look, you know, and I look away like, yeah, I got him. I turn around. He smacks me, right? And the money goes flying up in the air. He grabs the money. He runs out of the ring, and he runs around the ring, and he, you know, now we've done this a couple times, and he runs around, and he, he gives the money away to a variety of people. Well, on this particular night, my wife is sitting in the second row, and I said, Roddy, I said, I got a great idea. I said, tonight, my wife is sitting on the second row. Put all of the money in her hand. We'll all go out tonight and have a great old time on Vince. Give the money to Good idea, wife. right? So he does it, but when he, when he, when he puts it in her hand, and he, he, he put it in her hand and, and, then, and made sure she had it, and then he you know jumps back in the ring to go on with the match with me, well, as soon as he left and turned his back, it was like, it was. Have you ever seen him feed fish? <laughs> it's like all of a sudden there's almost no fish, and, and, and all of a sudden from swarming. everywhere, and they just, you know, and and it's like almost they almost pushed her to the ground. She couldn't breathe. She just let go of it. I was just trying to help. <laughs> yeah, and I was mad because we didn't get to go out and party that night. <laughs> and your wife probably mad at you too. Oh, she said, "Don't you ever do that." Yeah, only did you get not, not to go out, but you slept on the couch probably. Where did you get your first break, Ted? My first break? Well, again, uh, I was wrestling. I was wrestling. I was playing football in uh, in Texas, West Texas State. Uh, a lot of wrestlers came out of that college. That's where the funks are from. Uh, I had a long history of uh, and long relationship. My dad and Dory Funk, senior, very good friends. Uh, and they were very good friends with Eddie Graham, and that's a He's, you know, Eddie Graham, Bob Geigel, all those guys. And the Graham brothers were right. rushing at that time. And, uh, but uh, I went to college there, and uh, at the end of my junior year, Dick Murdoch, who was wrestling in that area, was about to leave and go to what was Mid-South Wrestling. And Mid-South was promoted at the time by Bill Watts and Leroy McGurk. They were co-owners. Now, Bill had just come out of Florida having been under the wing of Eddie Graham as well, and Bill's a pretty brilliant guy. And uh, that's where, you know, he said, look, Murdoch says, come down here, wrestle for the summer, see if this is really what you want to do. Big mistake. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it was like everything went too good, and I didn't go back. I had one year of school left. You know, if one of my kids had done that, I'd have, I'd have smacked him. What was it like to grow up as Mike DiBiase's son? Uh, you see, this is some yeah. like my son. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe this. Like, it's hard because there's not many people who relate. Like, I mean, you're a second generation. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously second generation. I'm inspiring to be a wrestler too. But he doesn't want me to do it with a passion. And growing up with my father figure, you know, my father being as wrestler and your idol, that's just what you inspire to be as. So I love the sport with a passion that you know I just well, can't turn off. And I understand. It's hard that, to explain to him. And, and, I, and I'm going to explain it to you. Okay. Because for all the same reasons, it's like, uh, and my dad, you know, Mike DiBiase was a wonderful father. And he said the same thing. He says, the one thing I don't ever want you to think about doing is being a wrestler. And it's not the wrestling itself. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's the lifestyle. It's all of, the, all of the troubles and the insecurities that come along with that lifestyle. And, you know, the constantly being gone from your family and the separation and, and all of those things. And, uh... Now, in many ways, in, you know, those things have improved in, in the business today because of drug testing and all that stuff. It's like they've built in some accountability there, but the travel and all that stuff is still there. And, and I'll just say this. My son, Ted, 
graduated from college, got a degree in business administration, and they came to me and said, Dad, I honored your wishes. I got a degree. Now I want to follow my dream. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to wrestle. Almost had a heart attack. I said, why haven't I heard this before? He said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> because all my life you said you wouldn't, I wouldn't wrestle. And he said, but he said the same thing you said. He said, you've always been my hero. And he said, I've always been, wanted to be just like you. And I, here's what I understood. If I didn't let him go, then he was going to hold it against me. Yeah, and, if you had not him a shot at it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, you know, uh, you know, and so, but now he just had his first son, my, my grandson. And he said to me, your son. My son Ted just had his first son. Hey, That's and his awesome. wife just had their first son. That's fantastic. And uh, little Tate's three months old now, and uh, yeah, you know, and he he was fortunate to be home because of an injury during the time, the whole time that you know, right the right the end of of his wife's pregnancy and the birth of his son, and for like the first two months, and then he had to go back on the road, and he looked at me and he said, "Dad, I get it now." And that's just it. He's like, so and he's, he's, he's told me this. Not? He said, he said, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do. I know I'm committed to this right now. He says, but I don't want to spend that much time of my life away from that little boy. You know, and uh, and that's what we learned. That's, that's the same thing. I mean, uh, and it's funny how the relationship that he and I have, it's like, you know, uh, he calls me a lot more. Mm. Than he than he did before his son was born. He gets it. He under he understands that now, and you know, and I can't explain that to you, and you won't understand that until you have your first son. But it's it's, it's not the wrestling itself. Well, I say that, but by the same token, I I told, I told my boys this. I said, look at me. Mm -hmm. I'm 58 years old. I said most 58 year old men can still go out and hunt and golf and everything else. I said, I'm walking around with two knees that need to be replaced. I've got two discs that, that have been replaced in my neck, and all in my lower lumbar looks like this. And I said, "This is what you have to look forward to." So, you know? should you have deterred him from the beginning, or not? You know, it's it, it's it's like this. It's I, I think there's just some things in life where if if I'd have done that, if I'd have just said no, I'm not going to support you, then I just feel like he would have held it against me, mm -hmm. and. If he yeah. didn't do it, he'd still somewhere, you know, it would always be, you know what, you know, you know, you just, you know, I didn't do it because you never gave me the chance. And so there's sometimes in life, I think, where you just have to say to your kids, all right, go ahead. You're going to have to find out the hard way. That's, and, and my, and again, my, yeah, that's, that's interesting because in <laughs> my father, I mean, he's, oh, no matter what I do, my father's very supportive, but as the more he tries to shun me away from it and keep me away from the wrestling, yeah. it's like the more I'm drawn to it and I can't help it. And I mean, I love the sport with a passion and I've seen, you know, how brutal it can be and stuff, but I, the way you described it is it's never been described it before. When you put family into the matter, everything yeah. changes. Yeah. And I don't quite get that now and hopefully I will someday, but yeah, that's well, a very good and, way and, and, and it's like, uh, you know, and, and there came a crisis point in my life, you know, back in 92. It's a story that I tell everywhere I go when, you know, when I was so consumed with the business and myself mm -hmm. that that uh, in spite of really genuinely loving my family, you know, my my actions certainly didn't seem to say that, you know. Uh, but when, when I, you know, when I came to that crisis and I and I faced the possibility of losing my wife and those kids, 
I said, you idiot. You have put at risk the most valuable thing in your life to stroke your ego. And and that's what that's when I did a turnaround. That's when I, you know, that's when I turned back to the God of my youth. And you know, I never had any idea it one day lead me to be a minister. But yeah, but the relationship the dad is an ordained minister in Travis yeah, world. The, the the relationship that I have with my wife and the relationship that I have with those boys today, you know, and I, I hate to say this, Roddy, you know, like our our, our buddy Rick. I love Rick Flair. Yeah, I love Rick. But I Rick is you. like the child who never wants to grow up. You know, Rick, I mean, he's the character that Mickey Rourke played in the movie, The Wrestler. His God is the roar of the crowd. Rick lives to be the center of attention, and Rick lives to go out and woo. You know, like, look at me. I'm Ric Flair. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the star. You know, how many times divorced now and remarried? Uh, you know, so many problems, and it's sad. Yeah, I love him, and I do too. You know, uh, and you know, but I don't know. I, I just you know, he's a character. He's a I, I love him. I love <sighs> him in my heart, and uh, I'll always be there for him. But like I hear what you're saying, you know, is when you were growing up, when you you mentioned uh, the Grahams, were you ever around Dr. Jerry Graham? No, thank goodness. <laughs> I heard all the stories. Though. Oh man, oh, Dr. Gosh. Jerry Graham. I'm a man of medicine. <laughs> you I'm, I'm gonna tell you what, Dick Murdoch wasn't far. I mean, yeah. Dick, Dick and, and, and Dusty were together. I mean, they did some pretty crazy things. But I mean, when I when I when I went on when I first went on the road with Murdoch, I mean, it was like you know, you, if you rode on the road with Dick Murdoch, you were going to drink beer. Period. You know, uh, <laughs> but, I, but but just Dick Murdoch was so talented in the ring. You know, it was like it was like he did it so effortlessly. Uh, one night. Uh, the guy that I was going to wrestle didn't make it. Car breaks down. Murdoch's just, uh, you know, he's he says, hey, I'll go back out and wrestle the kid. You know, and so, okay, so, you know, we go out there, and it's basically a baby face match. Well, you know, he calls this spot to me. He says, okay, kid, one tackle, drop down, leapfrog, flying head scissors, get me, get it again. And I said, Dick, I don't think I can do a flying head scissors. He said, why? I said, I don't think I can jump that high. I'm 6'4", 260 pounds. I said, you know, I'm not, you know. Not meant to leave Earth. Yeah, yeah. He's a big guy. <laughs> so he said, well, kid, you got to learn sometime. Go. And so he fires me off one tackle, drop down, leapfrog. And I go, okay. And as I turn around and squat down, like I'm going to make this as high as I can go leap, he's on his knees. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, you think you can get up there, kid? Yeah. Then, yeah. then, of course, I crack, right? Yeah. I crack, and then he hits me in the stomach, bends me over, and he says, don't ever laugh in the ring. This is a serious business. That's Dickie Murdoch. <laughs> yeah, I have a story about Dickie Murdoch. My goodness gracious, he's in the ring, and uh, somebody, he, he just finished doing whatever to his opponent. He's standing up, and somebody threw an orange from, like, aisle 12, and it hit him in the back of the head, but he thought it was his opponent, so he took his big bump over the top rope. <laughs> he just fled flying like a goose. You know, like, they're going, what? That orange? Damn, that was a heavy orange. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, riding Brahma Bulls tonight. One night in Amarillo, Texas, he's supposed to do a run-in. <laughs> so when he comes out of the dressing room, he's got it on his undertights. He's got his other tights in his hand, and coming out of his under tights is a trail of toilet paper. He did this on purpose, and he j jumps in the ring, and he starts hitting people. Bang, 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 you know, and it's like, 
It just continued. Oh my gosh. Yes, just unbelievable. Yeah. Him and Terry Funk together. That orange thing kind of reminds me of when Chavo, after a late night, he'll start wrestling himself. And exceptionally well. If you've ever seen a man wrestle himself, it's incredible to see somebody do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody will do a job. Little, little Jordy over there, he wrestles himself most nights, and he does a pretty darn good job. <laughs> see, we're back to see how we all fit in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wow. It's been wonderful. Um, I'm so proud. I look forward to uh, our matches coming up here on Saturday. Uh, you know, we go from here to Aruba with the Prime Minister. In Newfoundland, too. Yeah, in Newfoundland, yeah. we're going to do awesome, a rod prod man. with the Prime Minister. <coughs> but this has been one of the cooler rod pods. This is the first one out of the country, and I'm proud to have been uh, to Scotland. Is there anything you want to say to the world? Is there anything on behalf of yourself? I just want to give you the opportunity in Scotland to be able to say what you want to say. Uh, well, before, you know what? I, yes, I'd like to say this. This is the fourth year that I've come. And, and and been a part of this weekend and the 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 hospitality and the and the love and the warmth that have been demonstrated to me over the last four years are just priceless yeah and uh you know what i you know it's 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 it's, it's not you know it's it's not just a, another show uh it's something that i look forward to you know and uh you know, uh, I know you got to get some new faces over here, but you know, you know, if you don't bring me back, I'll fire you. <laughs> <laughs> David, anything you want to say before we leave? I, I don't know. I mean, the health of Lecture Week is always just—we were speaking about this outside. It's always the most surreal week in our lives. You know, when we were all growing up watching the Million Dollar Man and Rowdy Roddy Piper on TV. And no, we never ever thought we'd be rubbing shoulders with you guys, not yes. for one minute. And here we are, we're sitting here, we're we're doing the rod pod, we're we're doing signings in Aberdeen, Glasgow, Perth, Dundee. Yeah, we all just gone so well, you it's know. Been great. And it's a relationship. It's not just a a one off thing. It's a relationship that we're building on. Yeah. And it's a relationship that can go the distance. For sure. It has some mileage in it. I feel that when I, when I run into you. Yeah. I feel that for sure. Before we get out of here, I just want to say it's an absolute honor to share a microphone with somebody to like yourself, sir. Oh, uh, it really is. Hey, you know what you got? You did good here, buddy. You did good here. This is a good man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Champ, uh, so Celtic, well, Celtics, Rangers, all Rangers. <laughs> easy, easy. Steady now. Hey. I'm just going to keep it as us. Up the hoops, and they blue-nosed bastards can get it right up. <laughs> <laughs> Always mixing words, you know. (laughs) Follow that, Chaz. I'll follow that. I'm just going to leave it on the SWE motto, which is the past is history, the future is now, and the best that is yet to come. (laughs) Any parting words? Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. We guarantee. Yeah, I just want to say, I like Rangers. (laughs) on saturday me and sam ross come to the ring wearing ranger shirts you know just <laughs> 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 you go ahead and do that <laughs>
Um, Hold them back. Hold them back. Uh, it's time to go back to the cabin, boys and girls. Oh, yeah. You know, where the deers and the cocks roam. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to leave you, as always, with a poem. See you next week. Rod Pod Radio, you can watch. Bye-bye.